On today's episode 11, I'm joined by Carrie Young, photographer, stylist, and writer who has made a career of creating some of the most gorgeous and instantly recognizable food shots that ever graced Instagram. Carrie has long worked for and with some of the best restaurants and chefs in Portland and has been one of the city's most vocal supporters for the hospitality industry. What began as a personal Instagram account showcasing stunning images of food has since transitioned into a creative career working with such notable brands as Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop, Frigidaire, Google, Petrosian, Alaskan Airlines, Miller High Life, and numerous food, beverage, and travel brands. Her work has been seen in GQ, Real Simple, Life and Time, and has taken her all over the country and abroad. She has been featured by BuzzFeed, El Taiwan, Huffington Post, Yahoo, Epicurious, and countless digital publications. In 2015, she was a Shorty Award finalist for Best Photographer. Carrie, it's so great to have you on this show. Thank you so much for making time. Hi, Judy Ann. Thank you so much for asking me. And um, it's so fun to finally kind of reconnect. I think the last time we were together was over breakfast a year or so ago. Pre-pandemic, right? Yes. <laughs> Our thing oh. was going out to eat. <laughs> oh, I know. And it's, it's I, I've missed so many of my favorite people because, you know, it's the pandemic. You're in your little pod or whatever. And I, mm-hmm. I know you and I were both like, you know, online school <laughs> That kind oh of stuff. God. Yeah. On the cool hell for a while. <laughs> right. So it was um, just getting back and finally getting to see people. But when I think of food people, like you are one of my favorite food people, you oh, know. Thank you. And, you know, we share a lot of the same similarities. And I always think of you as being almost like, you know, my my sister here in Portland, yes. because my other <laughs> sister, because I have one Korean sister. You're my other Korean sister. <laughs> And it's funny how we met because it was basically over food. And that's kind of how we reconnected was that ice cream competition that <laughs> I, I had seen you on TV. So it's just kind of like full circle. <laughs> right. I know. Ah, yeah. So, yeah. It was so, yeah. It's, it's amazing how it was like the hog. Well, anyway, if any pe- people didn't know, I entered this Hagen dazs uh, recipe contest. I, my recipe, my, it wasn't even a recipe contest. It was a flavor contest. And I won. It was sticky toffee pudding. And it was a very popular flavor for a while. It was limited edition. And my name was like on the packaging and everything. But I still get inquiries about that. People, and someone told, someone told me the other day that there's a Facebook fan page for this flavor where they put, they're still oh, petitioning after kidding. all these years, they're still <laughs> petitioning haagen to bring back the flavor. Oh, that's so great. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and I love, God bless them. You know, they're out there like still, I'm like, I don't think they're going to bring it back after all these years, but it was, you know, it was very popular. Anyway, enough about me. <laughs> so... How has it been? I know you were like, let's talk about that pandemic life because um, it was so funny because I'd see you, you make a post or something about how you had to do like, was it uh, math, right? Math, <laughs> grade school think, math. Yeah. If, if I were doing fifth grade, I would fail miserably. And what was so interesting was, you know, just working from home, um, tr- kind of being like this pseudo fifth grade teacher at home and being this observer of your child and how they learn. It was such, to me, I think that was the most, the biggest takeaway for a lot of parents um, that I've talked to was actually being an active participant in watching your child um, learn and do their schooling because usually they're out in the classroom And you don't really see any of that. So I think that was a big challenge and obviously keeping their attention to a laptop for six hours a day was an interesting thing to kind of go through. But we made we made it through and hopefully, you know, schools will reopen in the fall. So we'll see. Yeah, it was brutal. I mean, it was, <laughs> I mean, no joke. I, I I was as relieved when the school year ended as my children, you know. So so your your son, Cruz, is he t- 11 now? Is he 11? He's 11, so he'll be entering sixth grade in the fall. So right. he'll be middle school, which is a big, a big jump. Right. And I know that um, 
I mean, you, you, I'd often see him at restaurants with you when we were, when we were back in the days when we could actually go yeah, out and yeah. eat and stuff. And I'd see him and he was always so great because he'd go to these restaurants and he'd sit very patiently. And, and I, I, anytime I got an opportunity to chat with him, I love talking with him because he, I would say is a real food person, just like you, right? He, he is a hundred percent, probably even more than I am in the <laughs> sense that He's a complete menu planner. We talk about what we're having to eat, um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner daily. I love it. Multiple times a day. We plan out special dinners we're going to have. And pre-pandemic, like you were saying, we would go out to different restaurants. So he had his favorite dishes. Um, he had his favorite spots. And he kind of, he, he knew them all either by their signage, like if they had a particular logo. So he would call right a certain place, um, something, or it was, it would be a spot that our friends owned. Um, but yeah, he, he's so well-mannered. It was so easy to take him to restaurants. So I never felt this kind of pressure of having this kind of unruly child right. in a dining room. So I feel very lucky and, and grateful for that. And just with my line of work, he's been coming with me to different jobs since he was a a toddler. So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like that adage of like kids being raised in restaurants. So I think he just, he's very comfortable in them. Um, and he just likes that whole, that whole culture of food and dining. And I think it's great. It's, yeah. it's great for me because of having like a dining partner who gets it. Oh, I know. No, I know. He's I, I've seen I've seen him at all sorts of restaurants and doing well and eating like everything like, you, yeah. know. <laughs> you know, but but I love the fact that he is very particular about certain things like he's very, like opinionated. He's like a little food critic. If you say, you know, like, how should the steak be cooked or whatever? Like he's got an completely, opinion. Completely, completely. He'll keep the first one to tell me if like a meat temperature is overcooked, if something (laughs) tastes burned, if something isn't salty enough or it tastes flat. And I think he picked up these terms because we've watched, we like, we watched Top Chef together. We watched some of the Gordon Ramsay ones because he thinks Gordon Ramsay is such a character. You know, he's a character. Right. He recognizes. Yeah. He recognizes that. So he hears that language and it's needs more acid. Or like, why is this on here? There's no texture, you know? Right. It's kind of fun. And and I mean, quite frankly, I think he's just a sponge because he hears me say things too, whether it's positive or, or, or negative. So it's been fun though, because I think that um, that kind of conversation was so absent in my, in my growing up. So it's right. kind of fun to, to, to make it such a passion for him at such a young age. Yeah. Let's talk about what you like, you know, pe- I always love to know what people's backgrounds or, you know, the kind of foods that they ate growing up and, you know, and how it evolved. Like, how did you become the kind of the the food person that you are today? Like, what did you grow up eating? Were you eating lots of different things? Um, um, was people cooking? Are you were you exposed to pe- a lot of cooking when you were younger? Um, yes and no. So what I always find interesting is, you know, in my upbringing, so I was born in Seoul, Korea and was adopted as an infant. And my beautiful family here in Portland, the interesting thing is all the women cooked, like none of the men ever cooked Mm -hmm. with the exception of the occasional, like they grill. Um, it's pretty typical. Yeah. (laughs) So growing up, I, it's funny, like when they talk about you know, men chefs, I was like, I grew up in a world where all the women cooked. So it didn't even mm-hmm. occur to me that I wouldn't grow up learning to cook and really kind of honing that skill. Um, when I was young, I hated milk and I hated lima beans. And I just, I despised all these things. My parents would like make a seat at the dinner table. Uh huh. So it would either, it would make me sick or I just didn't like what my mom would make and I love my mother to death but she is not the greatest cook in the world so right. I kind of out of my own necessity wanted to learn how, how to cook foods and I watched all the shows on PBS growing up you know this is like pre-cooking channel food network travel channel None oh yeah of that existed this is like the early 80s um so it was like Jacques Pepin, Yen Can Cook, Ming Tsai, 
Julia right. Child. All I watched shows. all those. I watched all those as love well. Them. Love them. I, mean, I like. <laughs> I loved every second of it. And PBS was great. There's no commercials. Mm-hmm. The production value is super low, so it's right. very raw. So you're really mm-hmm. seeing like food being made. Um, so that's you know, I I would honestly say that would be where it all kind of started and where I really kind of like adopted that passion for it. I just was obsessed with these cooking shows and looking in magazines. I remember just like seeing a recipe in, in a magazine and the photography of it and just like wanting to like learn how those flavors work and it was pretty much being self-taught. And then as a young adult, my um, my first husband was an executive chef and restaurant owner. So I kind of you know, like I had these kind of odds and jobs in restaurants as in high school, but then as a young adult um, in my mid-20s, it was really being immersed into it here in Portland. That's where I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got to be where it really became a lifestyle and the passion for traveling and dining out and my obsession with like menus and flatware and everything, every detail to the restaurant became like this this broader scope of my love of food you know because there's there's food and cooking at home but then there's kind of the restaurant culture and i think that that it's all layered you know so it just kind of grew and grew and grew and that's kind of where i am now where it's kind Mm -hmm. of a culmination of the things um and you know i i didn't grow up eating any asian food i think the first time i had sushi I think I was like 18 or 19. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, you know, like I grew up in Portland. So there was a time in Portland when a lot of things weren't really available. They were there, but what we have now, the breadth of what we have now is so much larger. So it's been interesting to see that evolution too of things um, that are available here in Portland. So yeah. I, Portland wasn't always as amazing food mecca. I mean, it was always great, but it was definitely there was a yeah. turning point where, you know, there the whole farm to table and yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, and my my family background is um, my adopted family. They're from the Midwest, so we grew up going to the the Midwest, and that love of just kind of like Midwest down home kind of food. I still love it. Like. My grandmother in Cincinnati, my sister and I were just talking about how we used to love going to the butcher shop with her, to the pastry shop, to to the market. Like you went to these individual entities to get your specialty items. Right. Um, and so that to me was like another thing that I really connect to. Um, and there's just some great restaurants in the Midwest that we just don't have out here, which a lot of people would consider kind of like junk food, but I love junk food. Like <laughs> <laughs> my, my spectrum of what I love ranges from like really lowbrow to really highbrow. Like it Well, all, that's what I love about good. you. Yeah, because you're like, there's nothing off limits. It's just, um, if it's delicious and you, you know, there's joy yeah. or there's memories behind Absolutely. it. You know, nobody likes a food snob. <laughs> Oh, no, that's the worst. And you're miss to me, I think that you're just you're missing out. And that's what I try and tell my son is how do you know if you like something if you don't try it? Because he has things he won't try. And I kind of joke about it and I say, Well, have I steered you wrong? Like you ever have a mate right. you just hated? He's like, No. So yeah. at least he'll try something. Now whether or not it's something he wants to have again is another thing. Mm-hmm. But I think I think that's that's all kids. That's all all adults too. Like I know adults who don't like oysters and they don't like things because of texture, and that's totally fine. Like I have my foods that I don't care for, um, mm-hmm. but I've tried them. Like I think it's I think you just need to try it and just see. Right. Well, that that made that made me think. Like, what foods don't you like? <laughs> Um, what is it? I'm I curious. Now I'm huge, curious. Yeah, I have a huge aversion to walnuts. Oh, really? I think, <laughs> I think they have the weirdest, like waxy texture and flavor. I just there's something about them I hate. And my grandmother used to put walnuts in her chocolate chip cookies, uh-huh. and I just wouldn't get anywhere near them. Not I don't even like in most, a cookie. 
not yeah. even in a like you could put <laughs> you could put only around it i won't touch it right um, i don't really care for rosemary um it's just too it's too perfumey it reminds me of soap kind of right uh-huh yeah um and then the other thing i've just never been able to wrap my head around is quinoa and oh, yeah. i probably tried it a thousand times <laughs> and i just i just don't like it and to me it's all about texture so there's other things that i've had that just i just don't ha haven't agreed with me but it's a textural issue not necessarily a specific food right well that's really interesting because i did not yeah. know those things and they're not you yeah. know none of those things are weird or anything but you know let's because i think it's totally fine to have personal preferences and so when someone doesn't like something i you know the, you're you're exactly right i say well have you tried it and then if they had it one time and they didn't like it i said well it could have been the way that you had it too you know if oftentimes prepared the wrong way too or overcooked like i grew up eating overcooked fish right and overcooked pork so it took me a really long time to get to a place where i thought a pork chop could be good and then right. i actually had a pork chop that was cooked properly and i was like oh my god i've been missing out right it's a whole other thing like pork chops are amazing so yeah yeah when people don't like something i said well you know it's okay that you don't like it you know it's totally fine to have personal uh, preferences. Right, My daughter, right. when she was little, she used to, she's instead of taste bud, she used to say taste bugs. She goes, we all have different, <laughs> we all have different taste bugs, mom. And I'd be like, yeah, oh, you're right. <laughs> we, we all, even to this day, like even now, like if That's she doesn't so like cute. something, I'll be like, yeah, we all got different taste bugs. Oh, that is yeah. so cute. Well, your kids have a sweet tooth like my son, correct? <laughs> They do. They yeah. do. And I, and I, I, you know, I was just talking to another guest and talking about how the Helenda gene, you know, they got the, yeah. the, yeah, the bad side is like the chocolate, <laughs> the chocolate gene runs super strong on the Helenda oh, side. That's so, that's so good. That, like, that's my biggest hurdle is that sweet tooth thing, because he could eat desserts all day, every day. <laughs> and that's that's something I don't have. So mine is like salt and fat for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, but he definitely has that sweet tooth. Well, this is my approach to it. And we, uh, Gregor and I used to actually kind of, you know, argue about this because, you know, if we yeah. all want our kids to grow up with healthy eating habits and stuff sure. like that for sure but he would be like um he grew up in a house where like no sugar was really allowed and it was only like mm. a special treat and yeah. so no sugar cereal all very nuts and granola that kind of thing and so what he would do is when he got invited to his friend's house is he would go like basically binge eat all the sugar yeah. cereal and oh, yeah. all the candy whatever and and um and he became and i a little obsessed with it right Whereas I grew up in a house where, you know, my my mom and dad, they didn't grow up with like sugar and like a traditional yeah. Korean kind of diet. And so when we came to this country and they saw these big, strong American kids, they just, well, they eat sugar, they eat hamburgers, whatever. And so they just right. let me eat whatever. And they didn't actually really know the, how bad it was or the nutritional parts of it, you know. So right. they right. would just let us have it and they not, not put limits on it. But what it did was it created this mentality where it wasn't like special necessarily right, and there, right. it was it was not like a bad food versus a good food or or a treat a reward it was just there and so right, you know right. you eat as much as you want but then you you didn't um you didn't overeat because you always knew it was going to be there tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> right it's not yeah it's, i mean it's kind of like that even just like dieting mentality when you eliminate something ultimately you're going to crave it and then oh yeah like you said like like gregor going like binging <laughs> right something and not having any self-control um that's interesting though that your parents did that because i kind of had a combination of the two mm -hmm. like i think we were always mindful of like body weight and body image and all i mean i remember growing up drinking diet soda which now we know isn't it's probably worse for you than regular oh, I know. soda. Yeah, that was a new thing for yeah, yeah. everyone. So it, it's funny how all that stuff kind of triggers things because my son doesn't like the bubbles and things. Even like I drink sparkling water all the time, and he says it tastes hot. You know, because the, the effervescence. <laughs> right. But when I was a kid, like soda was the thing. You know, right. like having like that was a thing. So I think that's like a really 
that's a good point to make is this idea of kind of balance and self-control. Because if you mm-hmm. make something f- not really forbidden, but you kind of like you eliminate it, then it is, it's kind of like this, it's a forbidden fruit kind of mentality. Yeah. So I think, I think about it like, you know, like wine in France, you know, like where the children yeah. can have wine at the dinner table. You know, they're not drinking wine at like right. 8 a.m., but like for dinner, family dinner, <laughs> and maybe it's a little glass sure. and it's watered down a little bit, but, you know, so that they can toast with their family and it's, and it's, 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 it's completely acceptable. And so they grow up with wine at the table and no yeah. one's getting drunk, right? Because it's just like right. every day right. they have a little glass of wine with their dinner and so they don't abuse it. Um, I think of it kind of like that. Like if you don't yeah. make a big That's a good deal, example though. Yeah. Because it's not, ta- well, it's not taboo. I think there's a lot of things that we do in this country that go beyond food that we don't need to get into, but <laughs> that we have these restrictions and these taboos on that, create bigger problems than there actually needs to be. So, right. Yeah. I just, I tell people to be mindful and, you know, I'm sure you you get this too, is people will ask, they'll see like your kids eating, you know, kind of like gourmet foods and how do you get your kids to eat everything? And, you know, they must be amazing, uh, you know, palates and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I feel like as a parent, especially, you know, a a thoughtful food parent, you're going to expose them to as much as, you know, as much as they can to, to basically discover if they like something or not, because, you know, what joy it is if they can discover right. a new food that they like. But at the same time, just to be mindful and, you know, my kids, too, can be super picky. There's not, not it's like not. And I say when I feel like that term picky eater gets like a negative rap, but it's not that they're picky, really. It's right. their particular right. Particular, you know, like they yeah. might only like certain things, so prepared a certain way, you know. <laughs> right. Or I think too, like, like you were saying that whole idea of discovery, which is funny you say that because I was kind of talking to him about it, my son about it, because that's kind of the the joy of food, and that's something that I always seek in restaurants is discovery. Mm-hmm. is trying something for the first time. It doesn't have to be like a food that you've tried for the first time, but a way of enjoying it that seems to be sometimes lost, you know, and how fun it was when you were younger. And I even consider like, even in like my 30s, when I was going to certain restaurants and trying something for the first time, what a, what that joy was you know yeah and a discovery you know oh i've never had it this is, way before i didn't know those two things would taste so good so, together yeah or prepared a certain way or a raw mm-hmm. preparation or you know and different types of cuisine you know i think that oftentimes we lump certain cuisines in these kind of very broad categories but when, mm-hmm. when you get very region specific you right. get to discover these these kind of new dishes and that's what's fun for me with my son that I think that we kind of tend to forget is don't look at your kids as not eating something, but let them discover things and be more encouraging of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Kids will, you know, kids will eventually eat. That's what my mom always said. (laughs) If they refuse to eat, then they realize like, no, that's what we're having. (laughs) They're not going to starve. Just like, um, you know, there's, there's also that because, you know, I've talked to parents who are like, I don't think my 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 son or my my daughter is eating enough. And I'm like, mm-hmm. they're getting plenty. Like, trust me, they're getting plenty. It's this kind of like, you know, it's um for me, it's it's a little it's more of a struggle because he does like all these these different foods um, and because of kind of with this pandemic and being sedentary and then he had um, a very big surgery last year so we've had some weight issues so now we're trying to get back on a healthy track and that's you know as an 11 year old it's kind of hard to convey that Um, so we're just we're we're both exercising together and and doing that more Um, Mm -hmm. we've kind of kind of turned a corner um, instead of eating literally all day, which we were doing the first six months of the pandemic. Don't feel bad. It was um, all of us, you know, <laughs> it was you know the whole country exactly, was eating every day. Exactly. Um, I don't feel bad about that. The, the thing that I kind of just like take a lot of responsibility for is, you know, I'm preparing the food, I'm buying the groceries, 
you know, it's, I, I do feel a responsibility to at least provide things that are, you know, safe and healthy for them. So we're just, we're doing it together and we're doing it gradually. You know, mm -hmm. um, there was a time when his, his dad and I, you know, we co-parent, um, and we kind of said, well, let's shift his diet in this way. And when you make that kind of like really broad leap into something else right. and you turn off course, kids just, they're like not having it. So yeah. that was one thing I learned a few years ago because, you know, we went through a, a rough patch where he was being teased at school. This was probably four years, four or five years ago. And he was being teased at school. And I just thought, first of all, I thought, God, kids are such jerks. <laughs> I, yes, that, they can be. Yes. Yes. Um, but it was also something that, you know, as a parent, your immediate response is to take that hurt away. It's to protect them. And then you kind of, you, you internalize that and then you shift and you say, okay, now how, how can I help him? Mm -hmm. But in a way that's like, I can't change the jerk at school. Who's going to say those, those, those mean things. Um, but I can at least help my son do what he can, you know? So, but anyway, um, but go, but going back to that, but just like the whole idea of kids' diets, it, it's hard, you know. And I think it's mm -hmm. hard in a country where we have a lot of processed foods, we have a lot of foods out of convenience. Um, it's it's you know, and it's expensive. Like that's the other side of of the story is that you know, fresh fresh food is expensive, you know. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So that's that's also kind of a thing that he and I kind of work on is like, what are we using for leftovers? What, you know, like I shop at Costco a lot. It's only two of us, but I try and get, you know, as cliche as it is, but like most bang for the buck with mm -hmm. what we're doing. Right. Um, and again, like with the job that I do, we've been so fortunate to have restaurant experiences and friends who are just just over the moon generous with their food and their kindness and sharing with us. So he's had this exposure to all these cuisines and this, I say like just some of the most delicious food that even I've had. So, right. um, but when I cook at home, it's very modest, you know, mm -hmm. um, we're huge chicken eaters. I can't even explain to you how many ways and kinds of chicken <laughs> we have. Well, um, it is the most popular meat, you know, oh in gosh, this like, country. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so as far as, as cooking at home goes, again, it's like, I don't, you don't need a lot to, to do a lot. I just think that if you're on a budget, I would encourage anyone, like, hit me up. I'd be happy to share <laughs> kind of like tips and tricks and recipes or I, I don't have a ton of recipes. That's kind of like a misnomer. I don't have a ton of recipes, but the ones I do, they're super easy. And they're things that are meant to just like, whatever you have, you can find something, you know, kind right. of like sweet, acid, fat, protein, mm -hmm. veg, you know, fruit, whatever. Um, but, but, but anyway, so ha having him be a part of the process too is, is really important. You can't just say, do this and follow this. It's like, he needs to know the why and he needs to understand and have that relationship with food i think that's really important otherwise it's like homework for him right you know, it's like mom's making me do this and he doesn't right. know why you yeah. know well i saw that you guys were making dumplings together which is you know such a great activity for me it's a very oh, yeah. fond fond memory growing up and making dumplings with uh, my mom and my grandmother and sitting and just you know making what felt like a mountain of dumplings yeah, but yeah. it's not only the process of like a cooking or doing something together but it was i think of all the happy conversations that happened as we were sitting together you right, know shaping right. these dumplings right um we started doing that a couple of years ago, a little bit, uh, I can't remember how it started. I think it was, it started because I told him that a machine doesn't make these, a person can't, I mean, there are machines who make them, but, but right. 
make them. And yeah. his absolute favorite dumplings in the whole wide world are from Han Oak. And what's so oh, yeah. funny is with Pete and Son's dumplings, he always goes, Mom, yours aren't as good as Pete's, which is like the funniest <laughs> thing ever. And I'll text that to Pete or something. But um, and I showed him. And so we bought the rat, you know, we go to either Washimaya or Fubon or 99 Ranch. So we go to a market so he can see that there's all these different kinds of wrappers. We don't mm-hmm. make the, the actual wrappers. We just buy them. I, I buy then... them too. Okay. As ever. It's yeah, no, no, no. I'm, you're um, going to make that many dumplings, you know, I know. Right. And then, um, but field wise, what's so funny is like, so his favorite thing in the world is, is gyoza mm-hmm. or mandu. And he loves pot mm-hmm. stickers, which again, those are like three different types of dumplings. So mm-hmm. I told him, I was like, well, you know, it has to do with like the folding process, the cooking process. So that kind of started the conversation. And that's when I said, well, let's make them so you can see. So we got the wrappers. We got, we, his, his favorite's kind of like a pork vegetable mixture. Yeah. So we did that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has small little hands and it was just, it was really fun because I think that innately kids like to accomplish something and say, oh, yeah. oh you did a good job. And it's like this instant gratification because I'm horrible at his Nintendo Switch. So it's not like he can do something on there and I'm like, well, great job. Like, I have no idea what he's doing on that game. <laughs> so right. him like pinching and folding and making the dumplings was amazing. And then I showed him, you know, like kind of two different methods where we steam them. And then I showed him a method the method where you brown and steam mm-hmm. and that way he could like see the different textures and why he likes one versus the other. He prefers the browning and steaming one. Right. Um, but that was like, it was, it was a fun thing to do because like you said, we could do it together and mm-hmm. it kind of empowered him. Like he loved that he could be at the stove, you know, like right. mm-hmm. I made sure it didn't, you know, splash and burn him, but I let him like cut things. I have smaller mm-hmm. knives, you know, Um, Again, it's just like giving them the power to try something out in the independence and not make it, it's not scary, you know, it's not, it's not a scary thing to cut things up, you know, he doesn't do it really fast or (laughs) right. Take your time, you know, give him the, give him the tools and tucking your fingers and exactly the little tips, even for adults, you know, (laughs) tucking your fingers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, my kids love to cook. And I think I think children in general, they love the idea of seeing doing step by step and seeing yeah. the process they love. It's Absolutely. like a science experiment, experiment, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a craft, you know, all kids love to do crafts, right? Basically, you get your right. stuff, you put it together, and you have this like reward at the end. And then with cooking, you get to eat it. And I think that's a Absolutely. great way to expose it's you know they always say like if you want your kids to eat something like show them how it's made and show them what's in it because there's nothing more scary than like a a pot of stew or goulash or whatever and you don't have your mystery meat or whatever you don't know what's in it yeah you present that to your kid and you just like eat it they're like i you know even even as an adult you're like what's in it right Right, but if they see all the components that's in it and the in it and then they're so proud of the fact that they made it you know and they get to share that and yeah i think it's a wonderful thing i wish more people cook with their kids and it doesn't have to be complicated you know it could just be chocolate chip cookies or it could be you know pancakes yeah totally waffles is another thing that we made together that i think kids too it, they're kind of like amazed at how like how things are made you know mm-hmm. kind of like yeah. it starts as, as a liquid batter like oh right. <laughs> instead of pulling them out of the freezer or something <laughs> like yeah, they're yeah. just made um yeah and i you know i have oh my gosh i have five nieces and one nephew and watching them learn how to cook and seeing them cook and i've done some mm-hmm. su- some cooking with them but you know like you can't underestimate what a child can do in the kitchen. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. No, I think that I think it's a valuable life skill because, you know, people talk about adulting and how these, you know, these um these kids these days, these young adults, right. you know, don't know how right. to cook and stuff like that. And and 
it's a it's an important skill. You don't have to do it professionally, but you should be able to do you know, I feel like as a parent, when, when you send your kid off in the world, like mm-hmm. they should be able to do laundry. They should be mm-hmm. able to cook a few simple things. They should sure. be able to know how to clean, you know, base like there's amazing how many people Basics. don't know how to clean. Yeah. Basics yeah. to to, to, to sustain their life and quality of life. And I feel like cooking is a big part of it. And, you know, I understand that people, you know, they maybe you don't want to cook all the time. And, you know, there's nothing that's going to sap the joy out of cooking more than like being forced to cook all the time, you know, but, um, <laughs> but they, they, the idea of letting your kids do it, because they can't, and you're like, you said, they, it's surprising what they can do when given the mm-hmm. opportunity, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So what do you, what do you, you cook the, you cook dumplings, you do waffles and stuff like that. Are you cooking most days these days or eating out or ordering in? Well, we do a lot of takeout because sometimes by the end, what's funny is that he kind of has his lane of food where I always cook for him. And then I don't always have like, (laughs) I'm a little bit more on the, the convenience end, so I'll get takeout or something. Um, mm-hmm. And we kind of have two different types of diets that we do. Um, so if I am cooking at home, though, we're like, like I said, we're always like doing some kind of iteration of chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been making a lot of curries at home. I love curry. Mm-hmm. Um, curries are great too because they can there you can make a big batch and you can freeze it yeah. you can also uh, mm-hmm. eat it different ways and it's convenient because then you can just heat it and eat it right you have and to cook a whole new thing totally and there's so many different types of curries and they're you know like you can have them with meat without mm-hmm. um and i think that one of the things again it's that discovery or curiosity is my my kind of my my knowledge of it is just based on what I've had in restaurants. So I've been reading more online and in cookbooks to kind of gain more of a personal, like, I guess, like, uh, education and appreciation for it. So, mm-hmm. so I'm better connected to it. Um, and then let's see the, the, the other, like I make, I love making pasta sauces. I love making chili, just mm-hmm. things you can like make and then, store you know yeah have and have on hand and then now that we're going into stone fruit tomato season i literally will just like live off of vegetables and produce because produce oh, so in, great, in right? oregon it's just a gold mine and it's such a small chunk of time in the summer yeah. and sometimes it's not as long it's not as long as as you want or it's not as good as you want like with the crazy weather we're having, like who knows mm-hmm. right. how, it's, how it's going to be in the next few months. But when it mm-hmm. is kind of like going off, I can really try and take advantage of it because there's nothing better than just fresh produce with maybe some salt and olive oil on it. And that's it. Oh, you know, I know. It I think it doesn't take much. I think I've just stared at several of your photos where it's just like tomato sliced with uh, olive oil and salt like or something like, like that. And it's just thing. I used to eat tomatoes as a kid, like an apple, like that was just and it's like and fruit the same way. I would just mm-hmm. totally overindulge on fruit. But you posted a strawberry pie that was to die for <laughs> strawberry pie. Like, if I have a, I don't have a huge sugar tooth, but if I have a weakness, it's like any fruit pie in any, in any form. Oh right. my gosh, that just makes my mouth water. I could eat a whole pie in one sitting. I swear to God, I love fruit pies, but you I are, do you, you're a pastry like master. That's one thing I, I will always buy that stuff. I do not know how <laughs> to, that's my next challenge would be well, trying to do pastry. You could do it. I know you could. You could uh, absolutely. But it's just you it's have to have a measure, desire to want to do it. The rule, like it's the measuring <laughs> that just totally. I'm so bad. Even if I have to do a teaspoon and level it off, that's just too much for me. <laughs> See, I almost find that's the the easiest because it's like the um you know like when you're cooking savory food, a lot of it is 
it's technique, but it's also sure. experience, you know, and sure. taste because you have to taste as you go. Right, and it's, right. there's a lot of that personal aspect, which is probably the thing that you love about it. That's what I like. Yeah. <laughs> the baking part, I feel like it's almost like a, like it's guaranteed success like without, yeah. right, w- without thinking because you don't have to think about it. Just follow mm-hmm. the recipe. And when, as soon as people start thinking about it, I was like, don't think about it. You're going to ruin the recipe. <laughs> you know, just do it, follow the recipe. The first thing I want to try, though, when with like strawberries and blueberries and all this stuff is pavlova. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I had it's not hard. had it before. It's super, it's just a meringue, correct? It's yeah, it's like just a, a meringue. And then you can put in like, you make the meringue and then you can fill it with like either like a curd or you can do like whipped cream or pastry oh, cream, something so light. Good. So that, so you basically you get the textures. You have this crispy, yeah. light, kind yeah. of like airy texture, but then you also have this kind of creamy element and then you have this gorgeous fruit element, you know? It's so, it's like a, it's like a sweet burrata. I mean, it's so <laughs> amazing. The first time I had it though was, um, it wasn't that long ago, and it was in Melbourne, and you know, because Pablo oh, yeah. in Australia is that, big that's there, it, you know. And I think, where, I I think it was where it was invented. Yeah, it was invented. Yeah. It was named after the ballerina, the prima ballerina Pablo. I was just like, how have I gone over forty years not having this dessert? I just like, and then proud Mary <laughs> here in Portland, which is oh, they do Australia. They, always, they do always do an amazing Pablo. We had breakfast there together. And I think yeah. we had a rhubarb one or a blueberry one with a lemon yeah, when, curd. And it was every time I'm there, they, whatever pavlova they have, I'm getting it. <laughs> they get it. Oh, yeah. And they have great meat pies. I, their, their food there is phenomenal, but even their meat pies are mm-hmm. exceptional. Which, but again, it's just simple. I like mm-hmm. the simple things that are just like, you know, one, two, or three really well executed things <clears throat> with lots of flavor. But right. yeah, so, okay, so we went into a, a Pavlova discussion, but I know, yeah, well, like, I mean, the desserts you post just blow me away. They're so they're beautiful, but I know that they're just like phenomenal tasting and your cakes that you make. Well, let's talk about you and your photos, really, because we're talking about photos, <laughs> but it's, it's great because we, um, you're right, like, um. I like to look at food people, people who don't like uh, look at food photos or don't take food photos. They don't yeah. really understand. They're like, what? You're just looking at food. Like I understand food, when I you're looking it, at yeah. <laughs> pictures or like, you know, vacation spots, but you're just looking at scrolling and looking at food. Like what's, what is it? And I'm like, well, it's cause you're not a food person. You don't get it. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it's the but like when I see, I see your food pictures, I can like taste the food i can like live vicariously through that caviar spread you know i can you know and it's it's like a little mini eating vacation like i may not be especially in a pandemic i can't get out to eat all these places but when i see you posting this like thing it's almost like a little mini vacation it was like i was there you know that's the biggest to me that's the biggest like compliment because that's kind of the goal is it's almost like when someone says, why is everyone sharing what they eat for lunch? Which I too think is, is, is funny to hear. Right. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, all of a sudden we're this generation that shares everything we eat. But I think right. it's more about the experience or saying, I, I don't think like aspirational, inspirational, but you know, I, I obsess with menus. So I will go online and look at menus for hours and <laughs> I don't know I what it that. is. And so my some parts of my Instagram, whether I know it or not, it's kind of like bringing a menu to life. So mm-hmm. if you can't go in and eat it, I always say like with, with some of the clients I used to work with, they used to always say that the feed that you're, the content you're producing should give, you know, Mr. Jones and Mrs. Jones or, or whomever who's looking at it, this experience that, they kind of know what you do. So when they go in, they kind of feel like they've already been there. It's very Mm -hmm. kind of like friendly and familiar. So that should be expressed in it. And it's the same thing with food. It's kind of like, I know there's so many ways to present food, whether it's editorial, whether it's, you know, just like a quick, a quick photo just to show a special or something. But at the heart of it, it's what you're sharing is like this artistry and this product that you want others to enjoy. So that's kind of what I get out of it. You know, my, 
as far as like the evolution of what I've done on Instagram, it's very much changed over the course of time, just based on starting an Instagram just to have it so I could post photos of my kid mm-hmm. um, to share with my family who, do, who don't live around us um, to, you know, when I first started, I didn't understand what what it was. So it's kind of late to the game. I think I signed up in like 2014 or 2015. And just kind of like for fun, I entered this contest for Thanksgiving through Food Republic. And mm-hmm. it was a Thanksgiving turkey photo contest. You win a cookbook and like a feature on their website. Mm-hmm. And I was at my mom's house. I made everyone turn the lights off in the kitchen. They thought I was completely nuts. And <laughs> they, have a, they have a skylight. So it was like this perfect light box. Like, da da! I'm like, I have a studio here. Right. Took a photo and ended up winning. Um, wow. And it was, again, it was a, a photo with my phone, which that's another thing you and I can talk about because I saw you're doing an Instagram class. But, right. Um, and it just it sparked something in me that again it's like this culmination layer of things of this kind of like life up to that point of just having this big passion for cooking having a big passion for food shopping and all the elements that go into setting a table that i just then i went on instagram and looked at other people's food stuff and thought oh my gosh like this is really cool there's kind of this artistry in this photography um, I'd never owned a camera until probably like 2015. Um, I bought my first kind of major camera out of money I earned off of getting a food styling job with, with Bridget Air. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, it was just a weird, but very fortunate and lucky chain of events. Well, I so, say fortunate and lucky based on talent because it was it's clearly evident. You are one of my favorite food photographers. Oh, thank you. And I, you and you have such a distinct style and that I'll be, you know, I'll just flip through my feed and I when I see one of your photos, it just I stop because I just know without even looking that it's one of your photos and it's and it's always so captivating where it draws you in. It's like mouthwatering, like you really have a a way of making that food pop off that little screen on the oh, phone thank you yeah it, it's funny because the i always kind of joke about like the chicken and the egg because if it weren't for the cameras on phones i don't know that that we would be having this conversation <laughs> i mean i really don't because right i think there's so, the and i think you'll agree with me is that the beauty of the phone is its accessibility you know, yeah. your ability to manipulate it in a way you just can't with with equipment and cameras and lighting. They also have this way to adjust it and calibrate on their own. I mean, they've gotten mm-hmm. so much better. And then they added like the portrait mode feature. And, you know, I, I, I always say that like, but to have a certain style, that comes from you. That doesn't come from the camera right. itself or any editing tools. Um, I know people would always ask you, they'd say like, what, what are you doing? Like, what are your presets? What are your, you know, because they imagine that it's just this thing. And it was just like, no, it's that part that you just kind of just drop in and right. Or what kind of camera are you using? Because they think it must be your camera, right? Right. Not the person operating all the time. Or what apps do I use? And forever I use, I was with a Samsung and then a Google Pixel. And I just recently moved to an iPhone um, and I love it. I think, you know, I was so anti-iPhone for a while only because I know I you felt, were like one of the holdouts. I mean, I you, but you were very <laughs> adamant about your Samsung about camera. Yeah. And it's <laughs> funny because the pixel, now that I have this one, it's funny. It's like, you know, never say never. I think it's just, you know, there's a lot of things. They're all good. They're all better than, you know, what they used to be. But I think I enjoy it to the point where it's like the styling aspect and the editing aspect to me is actually more enjoyable than the actual photo taking. Me too. Um, I think feel the same way. <laughs> and it's funny because I think that that's what brings what you're saying things to life is mm-hmm. this kind of like it's 
there's some thought and intention. So I'll shoot something and the second I see it, I know I don't like it or mm-hmm. it just doesn't have any kind of personality to it. Right. And most of my most of my inspiration comes from um editorial photography, street photography, fashion like fashion photography mm-hmm. is what I'm probably the most kind of like connected to and what I like. Mm-hmm. Um and anything that's more on um, more avant garde. So yeah. I do like to impress that in what I do just so it does have a style and some kind of uh I guess like feel to it. Um so that's so when you say that I have a style when you see it, like that's a huge compliment to me. It means that like, oh good, then the things that I actually am very intentional about are coming through because mm-hmm. I do I do kind of like toy with this thing of like, is this stupid? Does anyone really need to see this <laughs> this plate of food? <laughs> you know, and you can't think you can't think that way. It's like I'm not a chef. My art is the actual shot of right that someone makes or that I make you know yeah so it's you know it's been so fun and I think that like this the styling part came as something where that's my big passion mm-hmm. you know well no one does it better your your food styling and you're just you know prop styling you're all the styling of the photo is magnificent I really am a huge fan of that thank you thank you that is that is definitely something that if they took if you take a camera away i'd be fine with it if i just did that you know mm-hmm. but you know the the best part about it is like i love cooking you know mm-hmm. i love food shopping so the whole experience it is this kind of full circle of just like from start to finish there's you know i i lay photos out before i post it to see like i like palettes i like colorways i like you know it's mm-hmm. It's not, um, it's not like premeditated. So it's, you know, it's, but it is something that I do think about because aesthetically I want it to look nice. Like that's, that's something that I like and I don't want it to be jarring, you know? Right. So it is, it is something I think about and I like that because it's like, I have my own, without being a magazine editor, I'm my own little magazine editor to this, you know, this app that is available to everyone in the world, which is crazy to think, which is crazy to think about. So that, I mean, that's really how I just kind of grown into Instagram of, I do work with different brands. Um, I I do love to promote the restaurants that I believe in. Um, I think right now in this climate too, it's, it's really great to give a voice to BIPOC owned and female owned businesses. So I, I try and and do that, but I also just believe that I'm going to talk about the things that I do. You know, I'm not going to preach to other people. It's a combination of things I make, things I do for work, and then restaurants and foods that I love, whether it's in Portland or whatever city that I'm, I'm fortunate enough to travel to. So it doesn't really have just one lane, I guess. So that's kind of been what's been interesting and fun for me is to put more of a personal stamp to it. So it's not strictly just like a business account. Right. Well, you've certainly, um, I mean, even your, I've, I've, enjoy, I've enjoyed seeing the evolution of your style, but also the evolution of the things that you photograph too. Cause you know, you don't just photograph food. You, you showcase a lot of really beautiful. Oh, yeah, another um, account. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have two accounts now. Uh, tell people what your two Instagram accounts are. I want to make sure that they follow them. Oh, so the, the main food one is Carrie Michelle Young. K-A-R-I-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-Y-O-U-N-G. And then I have a photography account, which is more personal, but it's also things that I enjoy shooting around, you know, cars, architecture, um, just it's miscellaneous. And it's K.M. Young Photography. And I did that account because... It's funny because you get people are very vocal on food accounts, which I think is so crazy. I know. It's just like, just, you just show me the food, food, right? I don't want to see other stuff. It's like, it's first so, of all, 
It's and my page. Mute, I post what I want. You can that out and you can, yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, <laughs> but because, you know, it's like, I also like the idea that, you know, photography, just like anything else, it's fun to play with and kind of like grow and move in different directions. So I feel like I have kind of more license to edit the way I want to edit and do things in different styles and aesthetics on the photography page. But, you know, it's to me, it's just it's fun because it's a creative it's a creative outlet for both. You know, right. Um, well, again, I enjoy like I enjoy both magazines that you get to that you get to mm-hmm. produce. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I do enjoy following both in that, you know, there's food certainly, but, um, you know, I've really enjoyed the evolution of your other things that you're shooting and, you know, you're the way that you play with light and the styling of that. I mean, it really, I mean, I think you from, it's been fun to see your career evolve, you know, where people always might've only thought of you as shooting food too much yeah. more than that. Yeah. More like yeah, a, almost like sure. a creative director because you're you're composing and envisioning right. and um, art directing kind of the look and feel that you're trying to c- capture for sure. Absolutely, yeah. And I got my favorite um, food, my favorite um, smartphone photo tip from you, <laughs> which was which, which I tell everybody, which I tell everybody when, I, yeah, <laughs> to wipe the lens. <laughs> You know, it's, I said that so, the other day to someone. They said, "I never do that," and I said, "You have years and years of residue on your lens." And they like wiped it off. And they were like, "Oh my god, it's like night and day." Right. It's like the, it's the best tip I can give anyone. Yes, and you they you would say like wipe it every like. every time you take a picture, like anytime you're you know basically setting every up or time. whatever, every time, and that's like and now I always do it just like almost like a habit, like I get to take every time I take my picture, yeah. you know, put the fo- phone feature on, I wipe the lens, and. I tell people that and it's amazing. Like sometimes I'll ask somebody to take a picture for me, like, cause I'm not there, just a reference photo. Oh, can you take a picture and send yeah, it to me? Yeah. And then I'll immediately go, can you wipe your lens and retake that photo? <laughs> and they'll be like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I, I can tell your lens has a ton of fingerprints all over it. Like just wipe it. <laughs> use your t-shirt. Well, I mean, you don't need to use a lens phone, cloth, just wipe it. The t-shirt. I know it's going to say, um, or use a tablecloth. Like, cause there's the yeah. front, the front facing camera, but the ones now, like I'm looking at my phone now, there's three lenses on yeah, it. Yeah, wipe all of them. Wipe every single off one. The phone. And I mean, who isn't just constantly handling their phone or holding it, putting it in their pocket? <laughs> and, you know, it's like, especially, it's funny because, like, if you look at someone who works in a kitchen, it's b- between like the condensation, the heat, the food, you know, just like right. everything. It, yeah, you know, they, they get dirty fast. So yeah. that is like just it's such a good tip. I know. If nothing everyone. else, if you want to <laughs> if you want to take better photos, just wipe that lens, people. Just, wipe, <laughs> you know, well, that was a great tip I that you shared take your iPhone photography. Wait, <laughs> did you already do that class? Because I think I need to take it because now that I have an iPhone, I feel like totally <laughs> behind the game as far as like how to I got- actually use it. like there's so many features on it that I I go crazy. Yeah, that's true. But you know, you know, you, so you I, I got nothing to, te- I got nothing to teach you because two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to teach you, you know, as much as I do. My whole point is that, you know, when it comes to smartphone photography is so many people think it's the camera, right? Or they think, yeah, I mean, you, yeah. You, obviously, you need to have a newer version, you can't have like an iPhone seven and expect to take great photos. But if you have a newer camera, you basically have an amazing camera that you're holding all the mm-hmm. time and it's just right, a matter of right. utilizing and there's very few things that you need to do i mean make it sharp right you know find the find yeah. the pretty light and then you know that is just kind of like understanding light a little bit just finding it you know taking com- using complex the biggest part Right. Find, find the light, get up out of your chair, go find it, you know, and then like composition, like what is aesthetically pleasing and mm-hmm. things like that. So what I'm teaching is really basic, but it's things that anybody can do. And it's not relying on things that we get asked all the time is like, what apps are you using? What's filter are you using? It's right, like, no, right, none of that right. stuff. 
you know, take a good picture first. And then also, you know, the whole level of like having fun in the editing, like cropping or, you know, increasing Mm -hmm. contrast or things like that, that a lot of people don't do. They just take the picture. Rotating. Yeah. Yeah. Like finding the best angle. I'll take, I'll take like 40 pictures of something, (laughs) you know, and then I'll look at it and then I'll be like, oh, I don't like how that's like hanging off the plate or I do like it's hanging off the plate, you know, just like Mm -hmm. little things. I think sometimes, but again, it's like, what's the intent behind who's shooting it? What's it for? You know, I think someone who's going to, who's genuinely asking these questions or who's going to enroll themselves in a class, if I are, they have clients they create content for, or they want to do it for their website, like all that, all that kind of stuff. It's just, again, it's like, like you said, there's these kind of basics that make right. everything else easier. Cause you can't, mm-hmm. I, I, what I always tell people is if you start with a bad photo, you're going to end with a bad photo. Like right. you can't manipulate it enough to make it good. So I think you also have to have this idea of letting things go too. Like if like, like sometimes you're just not going to get the shot and right. it, it's just not going to work or my thing is when I'm in a restaurant that's dark, I just, you know, I'm not shooting, you know, like, right. it's not, put the phone away, happen, enjoy your meal, you know, <laughs> right. um, put the phone away. Absolutely. Like don't obsess on it. Um, I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to climb on furniture to get right. whatever, you know, I think that, right. that there was kind of a little bit of a craze for, for a while. Um, when I'm shooting for on a client's behalf, then it's different, you know, but for personal, I think you should give yourself some boundaries. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's smart. And I think the people you're dining with will appreciate that. Oh <laughs> yeah. Know? I know. I've, I've, I've sat with you and you know, we're just, we're not there shooting anything for work. We're just having lunch yeah. and you'll just shoot the photo and you are so fast. Like you're like, boom, boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And it's like done, you know? <laughs> so it's not like when you talk about taking 40 shots, like that's cause you're, it's a client project. Like you're, doing Absolutely. it for or work, home. Right? Yeah, for sure. Right. You're trying to get the shot for, but when you're out and you're just enjoying, like you're not making people wait, you're just, you're just, you're so fast. <laughs> and sometimes I actually like it better when, when people are engaged in the photo, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the other piece of this. You know, I, I enjoy things that have movement to it and I, I enjoy imperfection. So yeah, perfectly imperfect. Messy place. I like the you know, a little I like spill the on the side. Shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I like I've learned. Mess. <laughs> I've learned a lot from you just by um, either eating with you or seeing how you work, and just also just studying your photos because it's always great. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I, I and I and I say that because you know I think people think that it's it's so much of this kind of like a lot of it is the person too. It's your personality coming through the photo. And if, if someone just is, you can teach aesthetics to some extent or teach composition, right? These kind of rules of composition, but to a certain extent, it's like, you gotta, you gotta love photography. You gotta love photos. You have, you know, because you're basically, you're constantly learning by looking and observing and making adjustments and finding your own personal style and what you like to see or what, you know, like when you look at a picture, what do you love about that picture? What is it about that picture and incorporating that into your own, you know? Yeah. And I I think that's, that's probably the most important part too, is are are you educating yourself? Do you really want to learn? You know, because it's not going to happen overnight. I think that's, you have to kind of like embrace that it's going to change. You know, like I know my style has changed um, a lot over the years as far as like the aesthetics of things. But that's what's fun about it. You know, it it is an art form, whether it's food, cars, animals, people. You know, mm-hmm. I've learned that I do like shooting shooting people, but I like it so it's more candid. Right. Or it's, again, it's kind of like them in motion versus a portrait where it's posed. Mm-hmm. So when I'm asked to do anything that's kind of like, I guess like posed portraits, I always decline. Because right. like you said, it's that personality. It's like, 
I'm not going to be able, I, I, like, I could get a photo, but I don't think it'll be fun or good. Right. You could do a headshot, but it's like, that's not what you do. Just set people that's, up with that. Yeah. Sit on the stool, you know. <laughs> but if you want photos of people like cooking or, I don't know, like walking down the street and it's, you know, that I right. think I could produce something better just because that's more in my wheelhouse or just what I like. Right. And I think that is important. It's like, I love food. So I think that's communicated in what I shoot. Like, shoot the things you love. Now, right. <laughs> if, you're hired, if you're hired by someone to create content, think about, like, if that's what you really want to do. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know if I could shoot tires all day or whatever, you know. That's yeah. kind of like, oh, yeah. like my uh, my Gregor. Like, he's, you know, he's obvious professional commercial photographer. Um, but, like, he has oh, two Instagram. Amazing. <laughs> well, he's got two Instagram pages. One is for work, and he posts, like, nothing on there. And if he does, it's like, yeah. when I remind him. But then he's got his personal page. It's all everything on two, <laughs> two wheels. All moto, 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 moto. And it's like, people think he's just like a mo oh, I know just a motorcycle photographer and I'm like no that's just like a, a fraction of that's the stuff that he gets the most excited to shoot the most excited to yeah, share yeah and um but that's fine you know that right, everyone right. that's that's his it's thing a fraction right? of it but yeah right you can also so shoot good, lipsticks I mean, and, that's exactly you know. what you're saying you mm -hmm. can feel it though <clears throat> yeah yeah for sure well, I feel like, um, you know, you have been such a great inspiration to me personally. And um, and I know a lot of people just love following your account. And, you know, thank you so much for supporting the restaurant industry and being vocal and um, giving them that space and giving, you know, a voice to all the people who work in the industry. Because, you know, it's been tough for the restaurant industry. And I think people, they need advocates like you, you know, who have been there. Um, to speak on their behalf. And it's been great. I've been, I, I, you're so much more than just a picture taker for thank sure. <laughs> well, thank you, Carrie, for thank joining you. us. Well, on now that we can like dine in restaurants again, we should play the lunch. Absolutely. I would so love that. Yes. So um, again, like episode 11, food people are the best people. When I think of food people, I think of you, Carrie. And so everybody, please follow Carrie's account. And um, if you're out there, you know, hire her for a job because she, she does phenomenal photography. <laughs> Thank you.